Welcome to the Live Your Vision podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Hannah Haug about the importance of taking time to rest and reflect on what you've accomplished this far, intentionally setting aside time each day for personal growth and what it's like to work with your spouse and much more. I hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Hannah and have an amazing day. Rocking and rolling. Yes, now we, we are recording. <laughs> <laughs> take two. Yes, take two. Um, but yes, Hannah, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me, Austin. <laughs> um, we just were briefly covering kind of reflecting on the year and like reflecting on things that you'd like to improve within yourself. Uh, would you be able to kind of expand on like the questions that you were like asking yourself when you took that took that time away? Yeah, well, probably the biggest question that I was just wrestling with is knowing that I that creativity or creating that space for creativity in the coming year is something that I want to prioritize. It's just really asking what does that look like moving forward for me? It's something that I've been struggling with over the past year. So, um that that was really something that I wanted to figure out in my time um, off last week. So, um, yeah. Sweet. What were some of the questions that you asked yourself? Um, hmm. Yeah, so some of the questions, first of all, I hadn't taken the time prior to 2021, 2021 to really build out my goals or I don't I don't necessarily call them goals I call them targets for my year because I think that goals mm, there's so many goals in the world but um when you set specific targets that you want to focus on it just helps you to stay like more narrowed in what you're spending your time on and so yeah those questions were really centered around what that yeah was going to look like in the coming year um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any questions that were just like reflecting on yourself and not like goal orientated? Yes. I had a lot actually that I had written down from the past year that were journaling prompts from a collection of sources for me, such as like my coaches, um, some friends that would ask me questions that I just jot down in my notebook. Um, and also some from like the books that I was reading as well as earlier this or in 2020, I had a session with Bob Goff and he just like shared so many great journal prompts and entries um, that I don't think he, that was the purpose of like what he was sharing, but I was able to get a lot of those questions from our conversation. So I wrote them all down and I, I didn't really have a cohesive place to put them. So then last week I sat down and I put all of those questions in a document that and prioritized them based off of the ones that I thought were most important. And then this year I will be working through those, those prompts in that list. I have always found that it's really hard for me to journal or what, like you sit down with a journal and you're like, what do I write about? Okay, I'm alone like with journal, my thoughts. Yeah, journal your day. And sure, you can look up some journal prompts and sure, like that's great. But what I found is like keeping a collection of like questions throughout the year that really resonate with you or like spark an interest with you is way better than just 
grabbing a list from something and trying to hope to like find something about your, you know, about mm -hmm. yourself or, or work through something. So um, I have a whole list of questions now that I am working through, one of which, what is my north? Okay, <laughs> like that was a question that came up a lot this year. And I, I don't know if I could confidently say what my north is, or what do I always go back to if I'm feeling distracted by something or not able to make a decision on something, how can I, you know, streamline that thinking process so that I'm able to make, you know, decisions, you know, better and faster that are going to, you know, help me in the long run. So questions like that. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done still, but I love the curiosity mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. What was like the hardest question that you had to like answer for yourself? Hardest question. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, I would say that one, what is your North is, is one of the hardest ones because that's, as you get older, it can change so much. Mm -hmm. And as you grow and grow out of old patterns or thinking things or are excited about something else, it can sometimes shift. Um, and you really have to understand like who you really are as a person to answer that question, which can be a little bit uncomfortable. So I felt like I almost had to take some steps back to work through that question to, to really solidify um, those things. So mm -hmm. I would say that. And then overall, from that question, what is your north? Then tying that into how do I want to show up creative, like creatively this year? And and making sure that that those endeavors are aligned with that true north, right? So that's a lot of like working through and processing to do in one week. I can't even say I have like <laughs> all the answers here, but um, yeah, it was extremely helpful process to walk through. In terms of like being able to put yourself in like reflective state. Was there anything that you did to do that? Because I know you like traveled up to the cabin. Um, generally, if I'm able to do that, it's always like if I travel out of my normal routine, that's like really where I'm able to like reflect hmm. on what I do. But yeah, I'm curious to hear if you had any like ways that you did it. Yes, I think <laughs> this is kind of funny, but I have two different ways. First, yes, get out of your current environment. I feel like when you're stuck in the same environment that you've been trying to like do everything in to begin with, then it can be really hard for you to, you know, step outside of yourself or to see things from a new perspective. So first of all, I knew that my mental state going into my reflective time was already overloaded. Like I was coming in with a lot of stuff going on. I felt like I had a lot of time, but still I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get through um, every like question that I wanted to get through. So for me, the first part was really about distancing myself from really even thinking, just like slowing the mind down, just taking the break. So the cabin experience was really about me disconnecting from my phone, disconnecting from, you know, social media, disconnecting from relationships on through text and getting out in nature and just breathing. So I think that that's like primer step one before you're going to find any answers or be able to, you know, reflect well 
get out of that environment. Um, and just, I find for me, nature, you know, really inspires me and helps me to reflect. Um, so that was step one. And then I did have, I am a planner, so of course I had a plan. Um, I knew that the second part of my time off or, you know, heading into that reflection time would really help if I did spend that time away and then came back to my already normal working environment. But instead of working on the things that I normally work on, like work on myself, like give myself that time because I do work really well in my environment at home or if I go to WeWork or whatever office I'm in, I work well, but I think just hopping from, you know, one endeavor or one mindset and then just going straight into reflection can be really challenging. You're kind of already still caught up with the world that you were, you know, living in. So, um, the second thing that I did is when I had that dedicated work time, like time to work on myself, then I did, I set the environment. So first, you know, to, to set the mindset, I got out of the environment, but then when working really tactically through those questions on, you know, my brand or some other things, then I set the environment. So it's like, setting the intention for that. So what that looked mm -hmm. like for me was, you know, I like put on a candle and I had my agenda that I wanted to finish that day. And I had a Pomodoro timer on in the background to make sure that I was staying on track with what I wanted to accomplish. So I took, you know, normal things that I do in my work day and I integrated them into like my personal, um, reflective and work time. And it, it worked. I had never done it like that before, but it worked mm -hmm. and starting to see things get crossed off the list was, um, was really exciting for me. Yeah. Were all the tasks that you had for like an agenda wise, were all of those questions? No. Mainly? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the first half were questions or ground setting questions that I've just been mulling over all last year. And I knew that I like needed the time just to like dedicate towards answering them. And it needed to be away from like normal work environments for me to have the clarity. And so a lot of them were first questions or mindset things to kind of prime, get me excited about what I was going to be tactically diving into. And then from there, it transitioned into brainstorm and ideation. So from those questions, I, I take, you know, the things that I'm getting clarity on, and then I hop in a Miro board <laughs> and I start creating my mind map around what I'm feeling and thinking. And you start seeing things come to life, like in a new way. And then from there, creating action items or creating, okay, what is my list around these things? Um, so for instance, if I had a blog, like one of the things I was, you know, mulling over was starting a blog. So brainstorming, answering some questions uh, that I had around that blog and the concepts of it and the audiences and who that would serve and, and, and those things. And then having the brainstorm time to just think and like play around and put sticky notes where they shouldn't be and delete them and cross them off. And, um, and then after that, having that tactical list of, okay, well, this is what I, I need to do now. And that is what I was missing all last year was the actual 
what do I do now? And I wasn't making any progress because I hadn't set aside the space or the time and the environment to work through those things. Mm -hmm. But now I have. <laughs> yeah. Just in terms of like the daily, like making time for those, is that something that like you set aside on your calendar to work on your personal stuff? Is that making time in like your agenda? What does that look like for you? Yeah. And again, that was like one of the question, one of the harder questions, as I had mentioned that, yeah, it was difficult to answer of how, because pre 2021, I will be honest, my creative juices were not flowing. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty stagnant. And so, um, that was going to be something that I had to become intentional about this year. That was one of those targets that I had to create that I didn't create the space for before 2021. So one of those harder questions was, okay, what does it look like to show up creatively this year? Creatively can mean so many different things for many people. For me, that can mean, you know, cooking or sharing knowledge or even starting a new passion project or a blog. Um, so there are a lot of things to, to weigh in, in that question, but, um, I think the conclusion that I came to was that you have to, again, like set up a rhythm, like nothing's going to happen if there's not a plan to it. And I didn't have a plan. That's why it fell through the cracks last year, but now there is a plan. So what I've, you know, dedicated to myself is now that I have, you know, actual tactical, like to do list of, of ways that I can focus, um, on passion projects or the way that I want to show up creatively this year, then just scheduling that time out, um, on a like rhythmic basis. Um, so for me, that's dedicating certain amount of hours a week personally to showing up for myself in that capacity. Um, something again that I didn't do last year, but found a lot of excitement and peace again, um, exploring in this past week. Um, and then I would say now that I know the power of like, it felt weird to take some days to focus on yourself. Like it just feels weird. It feels <laughs> I weird. I want to be working. <laughs> yeah. It, it really feels weird, but like you got to work on yourself if you're yeah. going to like show up, you know, well in the, in the work field. So, um, I would encourage anyone, well, everyone to block off quarterly, at least, you know, those three to four days to just like pour, pour into yourself and like draw the curtains back a little bit. And I just think it's something that, you know, we go, 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 and we have to meet so many obligations and you can feel guilty setting aside that time for yourself. But some, I would argue that it's, you know, one of the most important work that you could be doing. Um, so yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see how that will translate this year, but ask me again in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I think if you're not setting a like time aside for yourself, then in all other avenues of your life, like it's difficult for you to show up because you're like the person that's showing up. So like if you're, if you're not, and that's something that I started doing just in like 2020 was like, I would always put in my like planner, just working tasks, but never like personal mm -hmm. tasks, I guess. And that's what I recently started doing to like really prioritize mm -hmm. that side of my life. Yep. Um, Otherwise it's never going to get done. Yeah. Again, you got to have the plan and you have to, you have to see it as important as what you do for a living too, you yeah. know? So it's like, 
dentists and eye appointments. Like, there's stuff <laughs> I would never do unless I put it on, like, a planner agenda. Like, you just would never do personally unless you make a point to do it. Seriously. I mean, it can be a struggle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, when you took that time to set aside to kind of, like, dream of different, like, goals and things you want to do in the future, what were some of those that you came up with? Oh, man. If you want to share. That's <laughs> their top secret. Yes. I mean, it has been a, a goal of mine to have a place to write or to share with the world as I go through my entrepreneurial journey, as I go through my faith journey, as I go through my health and wellness journey, um, just to be documenting that somewhere. Um, and if not for anybody else, at least for myself. Um, or who knows, future generations or my kids someday. Um, I think in our like society, like, again, as I mentioned, like things are so like, go, go, go that like, even for me, that, that blog or that way of showcasing, you know, kind of what's going on in my life is really just a way for me to process myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is something that I, um, have always wanted to do and I said last year in 2020 that that was the year and that I was going to do it before my next birthday which is a little over a month from now which gives me a month to launch you know my blog so I'm definitely going to be focusing mainly on that which will take many forms over the mm -hmm. course of time god willing but um yeah I'm excited to just be pouring into something. And mm -hmm. I think that the hardest thing is just starting anything and then the ball like will start rolling and continue to roll and you'll get more momentum and start, you know, experimenting over here. But, um, yeah, so I would say that that's probably the biggest focus. Um, but there are other things that, you know, mm -hmm. I created a, a book list. I haven't ever created like a goal book list before like these are the books I want to read this year because they are moving towards my true north or because they are moving towards my targets for the year and so just being really like intentional in those things so you know a, a little bit of a mix of you know the way that I want to you know show up in my relationships or in my marriage or um creatively um endeavors in that regard um and networking that, you know, I want to focus on this year. So lots of, lots of things, but I tried not to overwhelm myself either because, you know, there is a lot going on and I do <laughs> want to see progress. I, I rather have progress over all of these ideas. I'm mm -hmm. a very, like a try to be focused person. Yeah. Um, so I can actually see momentum. Mm -hmm. For sure. When you talk about like the blog, would, what would kind of the topics be? Would they just be just on what you're experiencing on like anything kind of pretty open, would you say? Yeah, I would say that it would be a mix between um, my entrepreneurship journey or, you know, digital marketing and sharing, at least from my perspective, like what what truly helps me, like my ideas, like if I if it helps me, maybe it will help somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily have, you know, the expectation of anything except for that it will be fun. And that's really what I just want to bring into that. So sharing um, things that are helpful for people or specifically women who work in more digital marketing or tech jobs, 
Um, so sharing, sharing alongside of that, sharing, you know, what I'm learning along the way through working with my spouse, sharing, um, tools and resources for, you know, women to further their faith in this, you know, crazy world. So there's a lot of different topics. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to see how it, it will all come together. Yeah. Kind of reflecting back, back on last year. Why do you think, um, just personally, was like the reason that you didn't like do a blog? Was it just because of like the way you're, like the the way the world was, and kind of like the vibe you're getting from that, or was it just like something else? Yeah, I've always been really in tune with like timing of things, and like I, it can be a detriment like to myself, but I can kind of be like a perfectionist or a planner. Like I don't want to start anything until I know I have the capacity or I could give my all to it. And I would check in with myself multiple times last year and I just couldn't answer confidently in the moment that I could give it what it needed. Um, and I also think that there was a little bit of imbalance. I mean, first year of working, you know, for a startup company, there's it's kind of like everyone's wearing multiple hats and it's like, Everybody, all hands on deck, That's you know? Cool. <laughs> so I think that I was really focused on making sure that year one of like that company was going to be a success and that we were going to see, you know, the fruits of our labor. Um, so I think that my focus was just not there. I mean, I said in that year that I would give myself, you know, till I was in my next birthday and I am still sticking to that. So I don't see that either as like a failure. I see it as right on time. Um, and so I, yeah, I just think it was many, you know, elements that contributed to my lack of focus in that area. But I will say that it definitely was missed. Like I knew that there was something more, um, the entire year that I I should be allocating time to. I just didn't really know how. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if you were to sit down and write a blog right now, what would be the topic of it? Oh, man. <laughs> that is a question. Um, we're going to get started today. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Hmm. That is such a good question, Austin. <sighs> Because for me, like, you know, I'm a planner. Like, I, I one of the to-do lists on my tasks is, like, my content creation, like, you know, schedule and yeah. all those things. And for me to have, like, pillar content or, like, things that are pointing to that true north again. So I think that they would, you know, would cover a multitude of topics. Um, but I, I would say probably what I learned in my first year of, working for a startup and how I can help, you know, others who are in similar situations. Cause there will be many new startups as our industries like are ever growing, um, and women entering those fields. So I think that I would really just share from my heart, like some of the challenges that I felt and almost give myself like a, a, um, review and a year in review of some sorts, um, because I need that documented somewhere. Also, it helps me process. So again, this blog would really be a way for me to also process, um, as things are happening and things that I just want to share naturally. Yeah. Um, 
because I know for a fact some of the lessons that I learned last year, maybe they really could help somebody (laughs) else, you know, avoid, you know, similar situations or really capitalize on them. Mm -hmm. What were some of the challenges that you faced last year that you would include in that blog? Also... A seemingly hard question. <laughs> um, We're going to write it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I got a transcript here. I'll turn yes. it into a blog post. Um, let's see. Some of the things that were really challenging last year, outside of just the ever-changing landscape of the world, obviously that touched everyone in some capacity. Um, but I did learn a lot like through how I would react to, you know, external situations or the environment around me and how that impacts the mindset and work and the way that you're supposed to show up and how you can protect yourself from those um, things moving forward. And um, I would also say a, a lesson that I learned is the fact that I did not take the time last year to process anything. Like it was so fast moving that and I think this happens in the startup world a lot is because there's so much to do, you just start going, but you don't take the time to like throughout the journey, make sure that you're focused, you know, on, on the right things or that you're even figuring out what happened even a couple weeks ago and like really setting up time and like boundaries to reflect and to write things down so that when you come to the end of the year, you can say, wow, that was a crazy year, but look what we did. Like, look Mm -hmm. what I did. Um, And to be able to celebrate those things, because what happened is at the end of the year, I just kind of came there and was like, I know I did a lot of great things, but I don't remember what those were. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't feel them anymore. And I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago that was explaining about how it's so important in the startup journey to celebrate like every little win, like, because it's the first time that something like that would happen for you in your journey, but it could also be the last, like, for instance, you'll only hit say a thousand followers on Instagram once before you hit 25,000, but remember that feeling of what it felt like to reach a thousand people and write down like what that feels like, or to make your first sale on a product that you haven't sold before. Like, what does that feel like? Like, how are you experiencing that? Because the moment is it's gone. Like you can't get that back anymore. And so I think it's really important to be like documenting those things because especially as an entrepreneur, like you have to be able to revisit like decisions you've made and see patterns Mm -hmm. in your thinking behavior. And Mm -hmm. I just didn't take the time to do that last year. And what I would notice is a lot of my friends would come up to me and say, Hey Hannah, like, how are you doing? And I'd be (laughs) like, uh, because I didn't even take the time myself to answer that question and like work through those things, I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, well, how much yeah. time do you got? <laughs> you know? So um, that would probably be like another, you know, one of the lessons that I would say in there is to make sure that you are writing and really like reflecting on those things consistently. Um, and I think the last thing, I mean, I would, I could go on forever of the things I learned, but like in terms of like the heavy, heavy hitter things, um, also just about communication and being just open and honest. Um, 
as a female working in the digital marketing space that is still predominantly, you know, male dominated, um, when you work in a space like that, it can be difficult to stand your, your ground as a female. Um, it can be hard to, you know, feel like you are supported or making the right decisions. Um, and sometimes, well, at least my personality pattern is I would just kind of like, I, I know what to do, but I wouldn't share necessarily what to do, um, or what I was feeling around certain things. And I think that it's, you know, important for women to feel the confidence that they need, um, to, to have those important conversations that could, you know, either make or break a company or help them to move in a different direction or really, or see the forest for the trees. So, um, I would say that that's another thing that I learned last year is the importance of like conf confidence in the workplace and especially as a female and not just that, but having in a startup, having the conversations with leadership that are vulnerable enough for you all to feel like you have each other's backs, like you can say the things that are in your heart or that you're really feeling as a woman and, and not just saying like, oh, this is how I feel, but like addressing the real like dichotomy between, you know, the, the individuals on the team. Um, and it can be like one of the most challenging things to do, but it could make all the difference, um, you know, in your happiness as you like go through that startup environment as specifically as a female. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's like the third learning lesson is just like confidence and communication. Um, because it, it can be really difficult. Um, and you don't always want to be seen as like the nagging f woman or something <laughs> on the team, but like sometimes, you know, it's just like important to make sure every perspective is balanced mm -hmm. and valid. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm reading principles by Ray Dalio right now. Oh, great book. <laughs> he, yeah. He just dives into just being like radically transparent and open and honest about just in like the workplace mm -hmm. like he'll give off some examples and it's just like just so much transparency and honesty that way and they're able to they're like one of the largest hedge funds i hedge funds i think in the u.s or they're just like a massive business and they've grown to that scale just because of how their business is like mm -hmm. structured and like you will like if a business is super just open and transparent and honest like they will receive just like criticism from like the outside and different things like that um mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you have to know that like that stuff doesn't matter as much it's like the same thing on social media if you put out if you put out your heart and are like super open and transparent and other people will just like try to attack that but um you just have to be yourself at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. It's yeah, incredibly important. So yeah, that's probably what I would write about if I were to do a first, you know, sweet little blog episode. But who knows yeah. what we'll find this year. Yeah, for sure. How's it been? Cause you also work with your spouse. How has that been? Because have you always worked with Alex? Together? Yes. I have Ooh. always worked with Alex, which is so 
weird. I mean, there was a time when like we were engaged where, you know, I oh, had okay. a different job yeah. than he did. But once we were married, yeah, we haven't really stopped, which is crazy. It'll be five years now. So yeah. Have you ever talked, have you ever met other couples and they've been like working together as long as like you both have? Definitely. And the okay. moment that I meet them, I'm like, tell me your secrets. We need to be <laughs> friends. Like, let's go on a double date yeah. <laughs> because I'm really big firm, like believer on of like standing on the shoulders of giants or like why make things harder for yourself when there's already those who are doing the same thing that you are. Um, but I will say that those relationships like didn't come easily. Like they were, uh, am I supposed to be talking? Okay. Um, yeah, they didn't, those relationships like didn't come easily. They, it's, it was extremely difficult to find that kind of community of individuals that do work because there's, there's not a lot of them, like a lot of couples that work together. I think maybe things are on the rise now, which is awesome, but, um, they're pretty few and far between. So for the first two years of our marriage I didn't know a single person and it actually never even crossed my mind that like we weren't supposed to be working together and I remember specifically one night in Portland sitting with Alex like on the couch and we were just talking about how much we love working together and then I like had this thought come over my mind I was like wait like why don't more people work with their spouse and Alex was like Hannah like a lot of people could not do that. Like, that's just not, you know, something yeah. that they do. Why, why do you think that is? I just think there's big, um, there's a lot of what ifs that are tied to that. You know, our culture has also, you know, conditioned us like where it's kind of me, my own first. And then the other person's mm. kind of like, you know, there. <laughs> yeah. And you, you have, when you have marriage, like, you know, you're, fused as one but um they're still like what if things were to go wrong or like what if what if what if right and so um I think that's why a lot of people don't is the commitment issue can be a little bit scary um the idea of spending all that time with your significant others is not for everyone you know some people cannot stand their partner that long so I think that uh, it has to do with personalities as well. And also interests. A lot of couples, like, they just don't share the same interests when it comes to, um, and it, not that you need to share every interest, but they don't share, you know, the, that thing that sets their soul on fire. Like, yeah. I need to be doing this with you. Um, and so I just don't think that that is something that is, you know, really capitalized or at the forefront of individuals' minds. But when you do find uh, the couples that work together, it's like I have just so much respect because I personally know what it's it's like to have to balance and um, to nurture those relationships and set the boundaries and all those things. It's work. It is if marriage is work, then working with your spouse is like even more yeah, work. That's right? like next level. Yeah, you it's like let's mats. go. But I wouldn't I don't know. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I know that it's specifically part of 
you know, a, a greater plan because like I'd mentioned, it never even for the first two years crossed my mind that like we shouldn't be working together. Like there was no hesitancy. There was no question about it. It was just like, this is what we do and we mm -hmm. do it well. And it's great because I still learn from my partner in business and he still has the s same strengths that he's always had. And I still have the same strengths that I've always had. And capitalizing and knowing what those are can really help you to, you know, um, make momentum together and to, you know, feel the fruit of your labor as a couple as well. So yeah. How do you both resolve maybe like issues or conflicts you have when working with each other? Are you talking about at work or at home? Because um, <laughs> those are two different things too. Um, probably at home. Because at work, I mean, you try to keep it as neutral. In, yeah, as neutral in work. But I feel like at home it'd be like different. Is there is there any way that you try to like navigate that? Yeah, at home, I've it, it has been really difficult to turn off work or to turn off conversations about work in general. And I, at one point, had a high-performance coach who she was also working with her husband, and I was kind of explaining this to her. I was like, how do you set boundaries? Like, how do you not bring in, like, what if something is bad at work? How do you not let that affect you at home? Or, like, she had kids. Like, how do you not let that affect your whole home life? And, you know, I don't even have kids. So, like, thinking <laughs> about that is, like, another step of, like, stewardship, you know? So, um, but she told me in that conversation She's like, for the longest time, we would set these boundaries and we would say, we're not talking about this or we're not going to resolve that. And then it would just start happening again and then it would just keep creeping in. And then she told me, she's like, all of a sudden, like my mindset just shifted. Like, what if like we like to talk like this? What if this is just the way that we work together that even like there is no separation and maybe that is the way and she still works with her husband to this day and I know they're you know doing really well and I've kind of adopted that mentality is like stop trying to create these crazy boundaries because it almost like it's it's like trying to divide two worlds but you're both living in both worlds so mm -hmm. why would you really you know, kind instead, of like personality yeah, or like, <laughs> oh, we're not talking about work right now, or yeah. why not? Like, we love to talk about work, and mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's nothing bad about that. I think where I rather focus my energy is setting that that time aside for total dedication um, to that person, or to, you know just encourage them or to go on a date or, you know, do the normal things that, a, you know, couple would do mm -hmm. and to be like fully present in those things. And if work comes up in those moments too, that's great. But at least like we're focused on one another. And, um, so I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's like really important, but when it comes to conflicts and then bleeding into home, yeah, it's really difficult to separate, but at, at the end of the day, I think that having it's, I don't know, I can't really explain it more than just, it's been very easy for me to trust, um, I guess my, my partner to trust them. Um, I'm also like blessed by being married to somebody who's like very optimistic 
very, you know, encouraging. I am more so the person to bring up conflict and to keep, you know, opening the wound, as they would say. Um, so it's something that, you know, I I have to realize and, and make sure that I'm saving those conversations for the workplace or for the individuals that they best say I, it's a conflict and has nothing to do with my partner. Then I need to make sure that I am separating that in at home because it has nothing to do with him like it would have to do with somebody that I should be going directly to that individual and having like a conversation with them or with a group of people mm-hmm. um and so just realizing there's a time and place for everything and like not intentionally burdening your partner with you know conflict or decision making that shouldn't shouldn't even be there to begin with. So personal responsibility and then not not being so rigid on the boundaries has actually allowed us to like live a much happier like life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy that you've been working together for like five years and you've like changed like different careers and you like moved and that's that's crazy that you've <laughs> it's been a journey, but I know that it's all, it's all leading, you know, somewhere into mm-hmm. something great. So, um, if I feel like with clubhouse now it's been, oh. it's become, I've seen a couple groups of like couples mm-hmm. that work together groups and I'm like, wow, like there's, there's, it's really like growing and people are thinking about it because I will say like the pros of working with your spouse is you can get, or your partner, you can get like double the amount done that you could yourself. (laughs) Like you can just like go. So I just think if you want, there's this quote, if you want to go far. Yeah. Go far, go alone. If you want, or is it? If if you want to go far, go together. (laughs) We'll look up the quote later, (laughs) but everyone I'm sure knows what we're talking about. Um, But it's the truth. Like it, it, it can bring, and it can just bring so much life into your relationship I mean when you're focused on like the same thing but mm-hmm. again it's not for everyone and that is okay yeah because you moved so you moved to uh back to Minneapolis was it last year or tw- in 2019 right yes it was 2019, 2019. fall of 2019 yeah because you went from Oregon to Minnesota was it that move for you to make was that like a tough move for you both Yes, that was an extremely hard decision that we had (laughs) to make. Um, And initially, I mean, I've moved so many times in my life. I've lived in multiple states. So when I like lived in Oregon, I mean, I had something to compare it against, you know, Colorado and Mm. North Carolina and Wyoming, all these places. But I just fell in love with Oregon. I thought it was the most amazing place to live. Um, but, you know, uh, we we had experienced what it was like to work at a startup in which the individual who, you know, really like founded the company, they, they laid all the groundwork, they, you know, set up the offices and hired the team. And then they relocated to a different country <laughs> um, and kind of left the team, you know, to to figure things out for themselves. And so yeah. our thinking was that if we're going to do this, if we're going to really like put every all of our eggs into this basket, 
then we need to do it right. And we need to be all in and we need to be present and we need to be there for the team. And so when it came down to the decision making, that was really it. Um, that was it. And, you know, Alex and I are both very like faith based or spiritual. And so Alex felt a very strong conviction that we need to move and that he needed to do this. And I remember at one point telling him, you're going to be dragging me out of Oregon with my fingers, like scrape, scraping the concrete. Like I don't want to (laughs) go. And, um, but eventually I, I caved and softened. And like I mentioned, like it, Alex makes it really easy to trust him when it comes to decisions. So it was, it was easy for me to say, you know what, like he he hasn't been wrong in the decisions of where we've lived or why we've moved thus far. And so I trusted him and, um, I'm so glad we moved back because I couldn't imagine what it would have been like last year mm-hmm. to live um, in Oregon with the way the world was yeah. and the way Portland was and yeah. the way that, um, you know, the the way we needed to show up for the business. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I would say it was extremely difficult. Um, and I just remember when we were leaving, I was like, how cool would it be one day to move back here? But when we move like to know that like we're coming back because we have accomplished or we finished what we started. And to me, (laughs) that was just like, that's what I'm working towards now. Mm -hmm. Like, and it might not be, you know, Oregon, whatever, like, but the idea of it still stands. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have like, so you, would you ever move back to Oregon or do you think you'll, like stay oh. in Minnesota. You know, that, that, that <laughs> that's also a, a really good question. When you find the answer, you let me know. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's not like unanswerable, that's, that's yeah. Fine. I mean, I'm pretty nomadic person. I feel like because mm-hmm. of the way that I grew up, um, moving around so much is just mm-hmm. kind of what I'm used to. I do have like this desire to plant my roots somewhere. I'm just not quite sure where yet. Um, I do foresee myself, you know, if possible and if God allows, like having something in the Pacific Northwest area. Um, So, you know, Washington or Oregon type um, area. But um, in terms of timeline, I'm not quite sure what it's looking like. That's okay. (laughs) I'm not not looking for like a solid answer. Yeah. But Um, yes, I mean, yes, I would love to move back there. I had a dream of, you know, I did have the dream of planting my roots there. Um, oh, cool. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for that no income tax dates, you know, <laughs> got my eyes Definitely. on that. <laughs> I think that's, what is that, Costa Rica? I think yep. that's like the smallest income tax you could pay. You don't get to vote at all. I don't think. <laughs> no, you don't. No. And they don't have a military, low. but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty peaceful. I love yeah. Costa Rica. It's yeah. great. I've never, I've never been there, but you would love it. It's fun. Yeah, you would love it. It's a great place. Sweet. Um, in terms of like remote working, do you are you a big fan of remote working? Are you like, yeah, it's fine, or are you like, I want to work with people, like oh, coffee wow. shop type of person? That is so. That's a very hard question, but I'm gonna say that I 
love working with people in person. Like I'm actually not that much of a fan of <laughs> remote culture because I know myself, right? And mm-hmm. I know how I work best and I think it's all about balance. Like I need days to have specifically to myself working maybe at home or at a coffee shop. I love the coffee like coffee shop scene like back you know pre-covid it was like so fun just to go meet up with friends and work at different places and really had a great time doing that. But um at the end of the day I I think that working in person just helps you communicate better. Like it just cuts down on so much like communication issues. Um, so you're communicating better. You're feeding off the energy of the people around you. You are, you know, you're getting to know those people better. It's not just, sometimes I feel like remote work feels very transactional, even mm-hmm. between teams or impl- you're just kind of like, Hey, you're here to do this and I'm here to do this. And Let's do it. Yeah. You know? You're not like staying on a Zoom call and like yeah. working at the same time. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I it's been really challenging for me because I've, I've really wanted to, you know, stay and having a room or a, a physical team. And I've done a lot of research on, you know, what, you know, the differences. And I know that efficiency wise and cost wise, you know, remote work is beneficial, but when it comes to, yeah, communication and collaboration, and I just think about how we as humans are wired. I think that we, we were, you know, born to be in that close Mm -hmm. connectivity with one another. And lastly, why I love it so much is the accountability. Like I know myself, I will get lazy sometimes, or I will take longer on a task than I need to, or, but no one's watching. No one's like, (laughs) no one can like fully see, you know? And so, but when you're like in a room with people or in an office, like you, I don't know, I just feel the extra level of accountability for myself and it helps me to stay really focused and, and have, you know, great work days. But, um, yeah, so I'm all for a balance of the two and um, flexibility, especially in startup culture. Like, it's just, you have to. But if I could choose one or the other, I thrive so much better um, when I'm with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, coffee shop energy, like, it's it's awesome stuff, just like people. Like, um, you just feel it like everyone else is working on something. And just because everyone else is working on something, you feel like you have to work on something. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even back in Portland, Alex and I, we would do the coffee shop scene all the time. You know, we had a little at home office, but we quickly found out that working at home was not going to work for us. Like we were, there was no separation between work and home life. And I do think that is one boundary that needs to be set is the environment itself, especially when working with your spouse that needs to at least be there. Um, and so what we did is we went to some co-working companies and said like, Hey, do you need help with ads? Like (laughs) you look like you need help filling the space. There's no one in here. Um, if we were to give you, you know, two hours of our time, would you allow us to have a space here and to work here? And that's kind of how we got our little, plan to have an office and to, you know, be with one another working physically outside of our home. So Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think that those boundaries were important. Yeah. Did you did you get the contract then for the ads? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, um, nice. Alex was the one that was mainly just doing some ad consulting, and then I would okay. step in on social media when I you know felt and wanted to, and we got like our own little office, and it was great. And then we had friends oh. that would just want to come over and work at our office, and yeah. so it was just like a really like it was a great setup and God really provided in that season. That's for sure. So yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, no, it'd be super interesting just in like the startup world to see like how the culture has shifted to being remote. Cause it is just more difficult to work just like remotely mm-hmm. for like companies. If there's not like a solid foundation built mm. just in terms of like that level of communication of like, resolving issues and like communicating and everything um so there's just like a challenge there that i feel like all startups are facing and like that's just like a hard decision to make it really is and you want to feel like you're on the cusp of like making sure that your company is set up for that because that's where the world is heading. But then there's this part of you that's like, but this is working. This is working so well, like in person. Like I think of like traffic and funnels and how, you know, Taylor Welch, they still have their whole offices. Like they have their Monday morning meetings. Everyone's in there. You can physically through social media feel the energy. <laughs> like it's crazy. True. And I just think like, how how much are they actually like getting done and what would it be like if like i don't know it will be interesting as yeah. you're saying it will definitely have to do a second episode on that yeah. alone. <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's it's cool though because like you can you can like feel the energy like from that just in terms of working and um yeah it's just like it's cool to see and i know that if because the active team like will do physical stuff and everything and just like those physical events i'm sure other startups feel the same way but like just like the energy of be around people it's something that's like cherished mm-hmm. now yeah just cool it's really special and i don't know definitely brings a heightened intention to those gatherings if mm-hmm. you are a remote um team i don't think that you can be fully remote i really don't like i think yeah. that you need to if you're looking to like create real impact you have to have some kind of way that you're connecting like outside of just zoom Mm -hmm. i don't know whether that's you know i'll go you know somewhere for a month and work remotely as a team or make sure ahead of time that you're scheduling you know a team retreat or those events um but yeah i don't know so i'm guessing that you are a person that likes to to work with in person as well yeah yeah both i mean i feel like i like strongly feel like everyone would would it be at least both to mm-hmm. some degree like right. I mean if you're if you're not like if you're never connecting with like your team in person I definitely feel like there's like some some mm-hmm. like barrier there just in terms of like growing within your potential with the team and being able to like help the team and the company grow um yeah yeah I would agree it's kind of like I had this one client once that we were working remotely, um, but we were working remotely, but they wouldn't even like, I would say abide by like remote work guidelines. Like they, it would be so hard to even get this individual on a meeting via zoom or Slack or any of those things. So it's like, 
it's already like not being in person is one barrier, right? That you have to like learn how to navigate. But then if you have individuals in the workplace that maybe aren't so good with even online communication, then you're like, <laughs> what do you do? It's like you then I would say it's like a beautiful flower is there and it's like you just chop you cut the top off. Like, it's just like, oh, stunt yeah. your growth. Like, stunt your growth completely. <laughs> Call them up on the phone. Like, where are you? What are you doing? And so I just don't think, yeah, I think that it takes work to actually thrive in this new, yeah, like, way mm-hmm. of work that we're seeing. Yeah, so for sure. You, it's like intentionally, like, working at communication yourself online and like how you share things and when you share things and oh it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's there's a whole new layer of complexity added yeah even for like zoom calls and you find yourself trying to like communicate just through words a ton and then if people are silent, then you're like, did, did, did that make sense or did that not make sense? When nobody reacts <laughs> yeah. to you. And then you go and internalize it for like 30 minutes and then you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yep. Sweet. Well, Hannah, to finish off the podcast, if you were to leave your last piece of advice right now to younger Hannah, what would that be? Oh, man. Younger Hannah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably to whistle while you work <laughs> because I'm a person that takes things like very seriously, like no matter what it is, like if it's a relationship or if it's work or if it's even like, yeah, anything, um, just to have more fun with it because like, this is the one life that you have. And like the, the, the journey is so much greater and like more fun than worrying about all the little details and aspects of everything that you can't fully even control anyway. So muscle while you work because life is short and there's so much fun to be had in the process. Sweet. Hannah, yeah. I appreciate the energy for this podcast and thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me